Pause, Renew, Next podcast. I'm Jenny Detweiler. Well, friends, welcome to season three. If you're new to the podcast, I want you to know that Pause, Renew, Next is all about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. Most of the time, I have a girlfriend join me and we talk about her personal journey of faith or stories or things that she's learning right now in this season of life. Sometimes we talk about writing, sometimes we talk about books, sometimes we talk about music. Sometimes I do a biography episode. It kind of differs for each episode, but let me tell you this. So far, this season is going to be awesome. I am loving the podcast guests that I've had on, just like I've loved all the ones in the past. And I'm so excited to start today out with an incredible guest, Yvonne Marie. Yvonne and I met over Instagram, and I saw recently she came out with a book called Kill the Busy, Save the Bee. And I thought to myself, I think this woman is doing some of the same kind of work that Pause Renew Next is all about. So I went and bought the book, and sure enough, she has some incredible gems of wisdom to share. And I'm so excited to introduce you to her today in this podcast episode. Yvonne is genuine, authentic, and wise, and a lover of God. I came away from this conversation with lots of little nuggets of gold, and I think you will too. So with that, let's jump into the conversation. Yvonne, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, Jenny. It's so nice to be here. Um, it's it's great to talk to you. And I just wanted to thank you, first of all, for just uh, having me, having me on your podcast. I'm excited. Yes. Well, um, I am a wife and a mother of two boys. Uh, one of them is 11 and one of them is 20. So I have this huge gap in between. Yeah. Um, I'm married. Uh, we've been married for almost 20 years to the same man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's a journey. Yeah. Uh, but he is he is the love of my life. There's no one better for me. And so we've been going on 20 years now. Um, I'm a teacher, associate pre- professor of English. So I teach college students the joy of writing and and the joy of reading because I teach developmental reading and writing um, in college as well. So that I I love, love teaching. I've taught school from um, elementary school all the way on up to college. So I've been doing it most of my adult life. Um, So that is that is something that I love. And, you know, my whole thing right now in my life, this stage in my life, is just communicating God's love to women and expressing the idea that it's important to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. It's important to, to give our time to, to God. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. I was going to ask you uh, what you're a professor of, because I saw you have your master's and that you taught, but I didn't know of what. So English. Yes, yes. I am a, a professor of English. Um, and it it comes with so many adventures. I love it, love it, love it. My students are great, you know, and there are always challenges. And of course, this semester was huge <laughs> with everything that's going on and teaching online and having to learn all the technology. And, you know, you would think students would know technology, but they don't know technology. <laughs> They have a, they have, you know, they have a hard time with it 
just as we do, you know. And so it was a challenge, but you know, we made it through. I was very proud of my students that stuck in, stuck it, kept going, and you know, hung in there the whole time. And so it was, it was great. In the end, I felt like we had overcome that we had done something wonderful. <laughs> so, so, are you on summer break right now? Um, I am to an extent. I am kind of. Um, I am a coordinator of one of our English courses, or I was, I'm actually transitioning out of that position. And so one of the things that I am doing um, as part of my job is creating curriculum. And so guess what? We have to create create curriculum for our online courses um, because our school will be transitioning to online courses in the fall. And so that has been my challenge. This yeah. Summer. Yes. Um, developing I do not envy that. Yes. It's it's a uh, it is a hefty, hefty, tall order. So, but um, I have a really great team. So I'm really happy about that. Positive. Awesome. I'm I'm thinking positively. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because um, we were talking about beforehand. We're Instagram friends, and so when I saw your handle, "Kill the Busy, Save the Bee," I was like. This girl, I think, might be doing a similar thing to what I'm doing. And so when you came out with the book, I went ahead and got it right away so that I could read it and kind of see what some of your thoughts have been. And I realized that our ministries are kind of similar because Pause, Renew, Next is all about taking time to rest, be still, listen, let God's word transform us, and then be ready to put our faith into action. And you, in different words, are kind of talking about the same things. So, Yes, absolutely. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you came up with the name, Kill the Busy, Save the Bee? Where did that come from? Well, you know, it came with the fact that I'm a busy bee. Um, I am just, you know, now I'm not a person that's always running around physically. I'm not a hyper person, so to speak. But mentally and emotionally, you know, I am all over the place. I'm one of those people, I'm very much a creative. When I have ideas, they're always running through my mind. And then there's also the side of me that's always anxious. And I'm always got, you know, worry goes in my mind. So I'm, my mind is always going. And so I, that's what I define as a, as, as a busy bee, you know. God has really worked on me with this, with this thing. You know, um, you know I noticed in my life, and, and this is where it all stems from. I just noticed in my life that I was just doing, 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 doing. You know, I do on my job. I'm one of those people that I like to be, uh, I'm a bit of an overachiever. And I don't really say that proudly, honestly, <laughs> because sometimes it can get me in trouble. You know, I can start to neglect things that may be more important. And so I, um, I am a successful person in a lot of different ways on my job, I'm working, I'm, you know, I'm doing church ministry, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a mother and all of these things. But then on the other hand, I, I may be neglecting the center of myself, God, you know, my relationship with him. And so sometimes I'll be doing and not even consider the fact that I need to really slow down, even if I have a quiet time that's rushed. You know what I mean? Uh I'm reading my word and I'm still thinking and going and going. And so 
that's basically where it came from. And I'm, I, and I would say to myself, okay, I'm having a quiet time with God. Why do I still feel like I'm depleted? Why do I still feel like I'm tired? Why I still don't have my peace, you know? And God has really spoken to me about what it is in that time, you know, and what I need to do in order to make that time valuable, to make that time a priority. And uh, so that's what it, it all stems from, being a busy bee and just trying to find my peace and learning from the Lord what it means to really be still and slow down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like everything you just said, I resonated with. Yeah. <laughs> I totally love that. Do you want to talk about where the B comes in? Because in your book, you talk a lot about the B and yeah. how hard of a worker it is and all that. It's a really great symbolism. Okay. So, of course, busy B, that's supposed to describe a person that's really, really busy. And so in my book, I kind of talk about the difference between busy and productive. And what mm -hmm. I've come to find is that everything that we think that we're doing and we call as busy really isn't returning very much to us. You know, we're not really, well, I'll speak for myself. I'm not really getting everything out of what I'm busy doing. Um, and so bees, what I found is that they aren't just busy. You know, I think that's sort of a misconception. <laughs> um, bees are actually very productive creatures and everything that they do is for purpose. Everything that they do, they have a reason for why they are doing it and they have a goal and they have an outcome, you know? And so I had to think to myself, I had to, you know, uh, think about this term busy bee. And so I really use that to kind of examine bees and what it is that they're doing. And God just kind of started showing it to me. And I was just like, wow, God, you know, and I started studying bees and that's where it kind of all stemmed from. I started studying bees and finding out, you know, what it is that they do. And I sort of discovered that God presented to me this amazing analogy of the bee. And so I called a friend of mine at, who has a bee farm and she let me come and she let me take a look. Now that was scary, but <laughs> I, I, it was something else. <laughs> but it was so fascinating because even though I was standing in the midst of those bees, you know, each one of them had a job. You know, some of them came to me and they were like, what are you doing here? get out of here. <laughs> we need you to go because you're in the way. And there were others that were whizzing by me and they were trying to make sure they bring the pollen in. So it was like everybody had their purpose. Everybody had their job to do. And um, in noticing that, it really gave me something to think about in my own life. And um, everything that I'm doing isn't purposeful. <laughs> And everything that I'm doing, in fact, some of some of the things I'm doing, even mentally, are actually harmful, um, you know, like anxiety and worrying and self-doubt and all of these other busy things that we do that really don't produce anything for us. So that's where the busy bee idea came from. 
And I really enjoyed learning about bees. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. I love how you had a little section at the end of each one that had kind of an analogy that went with it. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, what are some of the ways, speaking of that, if the bees are always keeping things like their goal in mind, what are some of the ways that you found that help you keep on track, like keeping the main thing, the main thing? Well, um, I would have to say that the way that I stay on track is to keep my communication with the Lord. Um, and so learning to be still has been a challenge for me. And that's really why I wrote the book. <laughs> Being still, because it really is. I hate to say that it's all about me, but really that's where it started. <laughs> me too, was, me too. Yeah, it, it was the whole reason why I wrote this book is because I needed to figure out, okay, what does that really mean? What does it mean to really be still and know God? What does it mean to really know him? Um, and I had to realize that it was more than just going to church. It was more than just reading the scripture. Now, don't get me wrong. Reading the scripture is good. But I knew that God wanted me to go a little bit deeper. And so actually a lot deeper. <laughs> And so I have kind of kept myself on track currently by having a space of my own, number one. And so I talk about that a little bit in, in my book, about a place of solitude, a place where I can retreat and remember God and his goodness and remember who God is. And I just have to be reminded of that daily. And so that really is where it starts for me. Like um, I have I have learned to discipline myself in that I am going to spend this time with the Lord. I'm going to get up. I'm going to spend this time with the Lord. And I've sort of since it's summertime, it's been a little easier for me. Um, but I um, have been able to say, OK, I'm not going to leave this room until my mind has stopped going on my to-do list. I'm going to stay in this room with the Lord until I hear what the Lord has to say to me. <laughs> and so for me, sitting in silence, I know some people may use other ways in order to keep themselves on track, but silence is something that's golden for me. I, I like not having noise. Now, that's not for everybody, uh, but I, that's one of the things that I do. I sit in silence. I read God's word. I pray to the Lord. I try to um, put my focus on him. And sometimes, you know, it may not be silent. Sometimes it may be worship music, center myself into who God is. It may be something like also um, taking a walk, remembering that God is with me and I am a part of him and we're all part of his creation. Just even those small things can help to keep me on track. And so uh, those are just a few things. Uh, there are a whole host of other ways that we can keep ourselves centered and remembering God, God's goodness. So, yes, yeah. yes. Good, it's a good word. So while we're talking about listening to the Lord, I did not, I did not tell you this question ahead of time, but um, I'm yeah. just wondering, I know 
in talking to lots of different people, personalities, whatever, that the Lord sometimes speaks to different people in different ways. Um, yes. I mean, we know his word across the board. He's going to speak through his word like that never changes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But some people hear him, you know, through music. Some people hear him, I mean, audibly, occasionally. Mm-hmm. There's all different ways for you when you're being still in the mornings or during your quiet time. What are the ways that you hear the Lord speak to you or how do you know when he's met with you? Well, the 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 most apparent sign that I get is the peace of God. Uh-huh. So if I read the scripture and I'm reading it and maybe there's something, some type of something that's going on in my mind or emotionally and I'm just like, the Lord sometimes waits for me to just, you know, I may be rambling off in my head about something or even out loud. And sometimes he waits for me to get that done. <laughs> and then I read in God's word. And there are many, many times where I read in his word, he'll take me to a particular text. And I just know, I just know that this text is speaking to me and I know that the Lord is with me and I can feel his peace. And somehow that anxiety or that stress or whatever it was, it's gone. So that's one way that I know that I can, that I'm hearing from the Lord. Another way is I can sometimes, you know, and this might sound weird, but I can separate my own thoughts from what I think God is saying, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll know it just in my spirit. Oh, you know what? That's not from me. That's from the Lord. And he's, he's speaking to me right now. And so, um, you know, a lot of times I wrestle with things, but I know that the Lord, that's the way he calms my spirit. He calms me and I, um, I can hear what he has to say to me, maybe not audibly, but of course, through his word and through that time of silence that I was speaking of earlier. So, yeah. I was just curious about that. I think that might be helpful for some people that are listening, mm-hmm. especially when you talk about being still and listening. I think sometimes new believers especially have a hard time with understanding what does that mean? Like, yes. how is he going to speak to me? So I think that was really yeah. helpful. Yes. I, I think, too, you know, sometimes... um you can get that sense of peace of from God, even by noticing his creation, you know, and seeing the works of his hand. And then there are other times where I will read a book or a study book or a book that's written by an author that I respect. And that'll speak to me, you know, of, of course, it, as long as it's not conflicting with the word of God, I'm looking at him like, oh, yeah, that's speaking to me. God is using this book. Or God is using this music, you know, if I'm listening to something that's worshipful or something that speaks to my heart, God can make us know that in the way that we respond, in the way that we feel, in the way we, you know, our mind um, changes, our mind shifts. I call that a mind shift um, when we start to really focus on the Lord. And so, yeah, he can speak to us in any way that he sees fit, right? Yes. And so, yeah, many, many ways. So speaking of worship, I know you're a singer, right? You have some albums out. Yeah. So worship (laughs) is probably a special area of your faith. 
But you also write that worship is not just about music. It's also about shifting our focus from ourselves to God. So in your mind, what all do you think that worship entails? And what are some ways that you find that you worship God? Well, you know, worship is to me a mind shift from me, 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 self, self, self to God. And that's simply what it is. You know, sometimes I think we complicate it. We think we have to be singing and we think we have to be shouting. And don't get me wrong. Those are all parts of worship. And those are like, listen, that's my jam. I love, I love singing. I love shouting. I love it all. But really at the heart of the situation, the Lord says, we believe and we have faith in the truth of God. And in the truth of who he is, right? And then it also means that we are using our spirits, you know, we're using what the Holy Spirit has in place, placed inside of us to shift our focus from our own fleshly selves, our own thoughts, you know, our own wants, our own desires. And we're shifting that to what does God want? What is it that God is doing? Where is God moving? To me, that's what worship is. So I think that uh, music definitely aids in that. You know, worship music and hymns and all the things that we use in order to shift our focus, that's all a piece, a part of that. Prayer is a part of that. Reading God's word is a part of that. But helping other people too is a part of worship as well. Because when you start to pray and you say, Lord, okay, I wanna do what it is that you want me to do. I want to put my focus on the areas that you are focused on. Well, you know, that means loving other people. <laughs> and so that's all, all a part of worship. So um, yeah, I think that when we are in worship and we think about worship, it's important to remember that it's just not about the song. You know, in my book, I talk about the fact that there were times in my life I've been I've been leading worship all my adult life. Actually, I've been I've been leading worship since I was even a little girl. Um, and so I've been singing all my life and I've been parts of different little groups when I was a kid and I was in the choir. And so all my life I've been singing to the Lord. And what I, what I have learned through that is that there were times I was singing and my spirit was not right. You know, I knew the truth of God. I believed in God by faith. Um, but then I was not aligned with him. And so I was living a different life than what I was really singing about. And so that's not worship. <laughs> so I, um, I have learned that worship isn't just about the singing, but I love singing <laughs> and I love music, but it's not all about that. And so um, I talk about that, you know, and, and the fact that Having that mind shift from busy be to God-centered, you know, um, and, and making that transition, music can help, prayer helps, reading God's word, 
And then also working with others, helping others, loving others also helps us to shift. So, yep. I want to talk to you for just a minute about resistance. So Mm. that's kind of a big word. And you talk about that in your book. So from a counseling perspective, when we as counselors talk about resistance showing up in our clients, it usually looks like I'm giving homework and repeatedly they just don't do it. But they're not (laughs) telling me that they're not going to do it. They just happen not to have done it a few times in a row. And finally, I'll be like, you know, I notice that whenever I ask you to do such and such, it Mm -hmm. never seems to happen. So there's like a quiet little resistance happening. And that usually tells me there's something's going on there. And I think that's similar to spiritually what you write about. So you said resistance is the place where procrastination is born and where distractions become much more accessible, Mm -hmm. but it's often a symptom of something much more deeply rooted. What do you think about resistance and how do you think it pops up in the Christian life? Yeah, that's a big one. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, um, one of the things that comes to mind or came to mind when you asked me about this was the fact that in the Christian life, resistance often comes when God is calling us to do something and we don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience. When, when God has, is calling us to do something and we don't want to go in that direction, we don't want to do what God is calling us to do. And sometimes it might be that he's calling us out of a particular sin, or he might be calling us out of a particular situation where we are comfortable. Um, Or it might be that we, you know, we simply don't want to listen because we think that something, you know, we're afraid. Fear can also be a problem and cause resistance. And so these these different things that cause us to resist, what we end up doing, and I, and I know I keep saying this, I'm going to speak for myself. What I end up doing is I will make some other type of excuse with God. God knows why I'm resisting, but I'll be like, oh God, I can't do, I, I can't do that because, you know, I have so many other things that I have to do. You know, I can't, I can't call so-and-so and pray for them right now. I've got this to do and I've got that to do. There is a reason for why we make those excuses or why we are procrastinating on what God has for us to do. And um, sometimes I think primarily it's that fear factor. If I go to God right now and I am, and, and I be still long enough to hear from him or long enough to hear what he has to say, if I really take the time to listen to him, He's going to give me something that he might want me to do. And I'm not ready to do that. (laughs) He might want me to go uh, forgive my neighbor, or he might want me to write a book (laughs) or, you know, something like that, that in our own human nature, we we're afraid. We're afraid to do it. We're afraid to move away from it, or we're afraid it's going to take us out of our comfort zone. And so, Yeah, that's where I talk about, that's what I think about most when I think about the Christian life and why we resist God's call at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right. And I'm just thinking about for myself, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to talk about myself, not other people. Um, (laughs) 
often it's almost a distraction thing too. Like I'm, I'm so distracted or busy or anxious in my own thoughts that I'm not making time really to do maybe what he's placed in my heart. Cause I just, I haven't got, I haven't given that much thought to it or mm-hmm. yeah. Fear is the other big one. I think mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So one of the things that I'm trying to do this season on the podcast is ask my guests more about their own soul care. So mm-hmm. this podcast is all about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. But I haven't straight up asked people, what do you do for soul care? But I think that's, <laughs> that's a helpful thing to do because it can look different for different people in different seasons of life. Definitely. Mm-hmm. In the in the summer versus when you're at school during the oh, winter, yes. it may look different too. Oh, yes. And I also find that for Christian women, especially self-care, I call it soul care because it's taking care of the whole self mm-hmm. um, and the spirit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can often be kind of viewed like a selfish thing. Like I don't need to be focusing so much on myself, mm. but I definitely think that the things that we're talking about today are pieces of soul care. So for you, what are some of the ways that you're finding peace and renewal right now? What does soul care look like for you this summer? Well, you know what? This whole thing with COVID and <laughs> and 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 even the, you know, and the tension that we've had in our country regarding racial issues, um, it could take us to a whole level, another level of anxiety if we let it. But what I have found is that the Lord has really shut things down for me so that I can draw nearer to him. And so part of that is just, I am I, blessed to have my own room in my house. Not everybody has that. And I know that that is a blessing. And so I have my own space. This is separate from my bedroom space, separate from my living room. Um, I have my own space. Now I'm working on it. You can see me looking around in here now. I'm working on it. It's not exactly where I I need it to be just yet, but it's a a small space where I'm able to go and I can tell whomever is is on the outside of the door, leave me be (laughs) for at least 25 minutes. Just let me be in here. And so I spend time in here being still with the Lord you know, reading right now, I'm reading Hebrews 11 because I I realized that after I wrote this book, you know, I thought I was done. And God was like, uh-uh, you're not done. <laughs> I want you to do, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And I want you. And so it's been, it's almost like I've been catapulted into like all this other new stuff that God is presenting because of my book. And so this space has allowed me to take time and not be anxious about COVID, not be anxious about racial tension, not to be anxious about new endeavors and territories that I haven't been in before, and just to rest in the Lord. And so that's part of it because I I, uh, I struggle with anxiety if you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I said that a, a couple of times. I struggle with it. And so I I can kind of leave it at the door and come in this room. And so I spend a lot of time on my face. You know, I'm reading 
I'm reading Hebrews 11, reading about the faith of all of the, you know, great uh, lovers of God and all of, of those that had faith to believe in things they did not see. And um, just believing and knowing that we can trust and put our hope in him and that he loves us and that all things work together for our good, for those who are called according to his purpose, that we have a purpose as believers. And so I just use this space to remind myself of that, to read God's word, to read the Psalms, to read, you know, um, just to strengthen my faith is important. But I also use this space. Um, I'm an artist. And so I have easels in here and I have paint in here and I have canvases. And so I spend time painting in here too, especially over the summertime, because I'm like, I can't wait till the summer comes so I can make something. So <laughs> I love to do that. That's part of my soul care as well. Um, and I'll mention one more thing that I do. And that is I write poetry. And I just wrote a poem, as a matter of fact, last night. And what it does for me is it helps me to express my feelings. It helps me to get out some of the things that are going on on the inside. That's what writing in particular does for me. But poetry is fun for me because I get to manipulate the words. I get to really think about how can I rearrange these words so they express exactly how I feel right now. Um, so I did that last night. It was a it's a, a poem about when I first really had an idea of what racism is. And so it's really deep. It's a little that is sad. Powerful. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's called The Day Nakia Cried. That's the name of it. And so I wrote that. Um, I posted that on my Facebook page and I don't do it for, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, when they see poems like that, they're like, you know, they they may be sad or they feel sorry or sad from it. That's not really what it's about for me. It's just a way for me, like you said, soul care for me to to put it out, to get it out so that I'm not sitting with it. Um, and causing all kinds of other, you know, uh, manifesting in some other ugly way, you know. <laughs> so that is, those are the things that I do. Oh, the other thing that I do, um, spending lots of time with my family. Laughter, oh, laughter and laughter and more laughter. That is another uh, part of my soul care. My family takes so very good care of me. And so Spending time with my grandma, my not my grandmother, my mother, my my father, both my grandparents are gone. But I they had great laughter too. <laughs> so thinking of them, my family, my friends, um, my best friend and I, we talk and we talk and we talk. And that's some soul care right there. When you got somebody yeah. that you can talk to and they don't judge you and they love you and they give you advice and they let you, you know, they give it to you straight and that's some soul care. Yeah. Yeah. My sister and I talk once a week and whenever we see each other in person, she's the person that can make me laugh, like cry, laugh the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Isn't I'm it? right with that. Yeah. Yes. And oh, I, because, oh my. yeah, go ahead. 
I was going to say, oh my goodness, you not only, you are creative. You write, you paint, you sing. Anything else you got hidden away in your talent bucket? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, I do a lot of different things. Um, and that's what I mean when I say busy bee. I do a lot of different things. And sometimes I get pulled in all kinds of directions. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. God will give me different things to do. And it can be overwhelming at times. And so the Lord is like, why are you getting overwhelmed? Just focus on me. Just put your focus on me. Stop worrying about this. Stop worrying about that. Just put your focus on me. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. I love being creative. I love writing poems um, and and painting. Painting, oh, I just love it. Painting and drawing because, and you know you love something when you spend so much time doing it that the time passes and you're like, oh my gosh, it's dark. <laughs> Um, and so it's just an expression to help me be creative. It helped me put my focus on outside of my anxiety or outside of my worries. And that's what I love about being creative. Yeah. I love that so much. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. So speaking of uh, people in your life who are great people to have around you, who is somebody that inspires you and why? Oh my goodness, so many people inspire me. So many people inspire me. Like, all right, so I'm on Instagram and people inspire me on Instagram. You know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my goodness. And you know, I've got I've I've just learned about this great community of women on there, like yourself, Jenny, and and so many other women that are doing amazing things for God, you know, that that don't get headline recognition, but they are doing the Lord's work. And to me, that's inspiring. So I, I really thought about this question. My mom, I mean, I both of my parents are inspiring to me. And then I dedicated my book to both my parents. My dad, he is a, he is like, you know, he loves biblical exposition. He loves studying God's word. He loves getting into the Greek and the Hebrew and the meanings of words and pulling out the concordance. And, um, um, but I can remember when he, um, when I was very little and he went to Bible school and he was so excited about that. And, and my dad, you know, ever since, as I've watched him, as I've grown up, it's it's always been that. It's always been about God's word. And that's what I love about him. Now, my mom, you know, she, she is just a lover of people, a lover of women in particular. She has a passion for women's ministry. And she inspires me because when you sit with my mother and you talk to her, she will make you feel like you're the only person that matters. She is the type of person, when you come to her house, she's going to love on you. She's going to just, and it doesn't matter who you are. She's just one of those people that, that people gravitate towards. She's thoughtful. She's encouraging. She's a woman of God. She speaks the truth in love. You know, she she's strong in her convictions, but she she speaks 
to you in a loving, encouraging, it's almost like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost like when she's speaking to you, you know that the Lord is saying these things to you straight mm-hmm. through her. She's just that type of person. And so she's, she's a great inspiration to me. I, um, if I can just be a little bit like her, a lot of people say I am like her, um, then I feel like I've, I've accomplished a lot. She's beautiful. Wow, what a <laughs> gift. Yes. I love that. Yes, I have great parents. I, I am really blessed. Yes. I love to ask each of my guests, too, what one of your favorite scripture passages is. And this could be like a life verse, or it could just be what the Lord's teaching you right now, like Hebrews 11. What stands out to you right now? Well, you know, I would say my life verse that I just, God just brings me to this verse all the time. Do not be anxious about anything, but through prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. That is like a verse that I say over and over and over, probably twice a day, <laughs> more than that, actually, um, because I, I just deal, I just deal with anxiety. And, you know, even in memorizing this verse, it's taking me time to, as I've grown in my Christian walk, to really put it into effect. Um, to be, to actually do what it says to do, right? Mm -hmm. To bring my prayers, to bring them in with thanksgiving. Um, There's a lot to be said about that. This this verse packs a lot. I think that I really started memorizing it when I became a mom. (laughs) When I became a mom. I understand that. (laughs) When I became a mom, it was like, oh Lord, you know, (laughs) what about this? What about that? Lord, what about this? What about that? I mean, and I really had to put this verse in the practice. And so um, that's, I think that is the, the, the one that kind of drives me. It is the one, it's the one scripture that reminds me that God is in control of everything and that I can let him have it. Whatever it is, I can let him have it and he can help me. He can help me to deal with it. And so, yeah. That's it. That's the main one. (laughs) I laughed about the mom thing because of the way that you said it, but also because I felt that so strongly myself. It was either laugh or cry. Yes. 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 It's either holding on for dear life. That's right. (laughs) That's the truth. It is. It Mm -hmm. is. So Yvonne, if somebody wants to learn more about you or find your book, read it for themselves, where are the places that they can find your stuff? Well, I am on Instagram and it is at kill the busy and then it's the underscore save the bee. And that's the name of my book. You can find it on Amazon. It is available as a Kindle and it's also available as a paperback. And if you don't know where else to go, you can go to YvonneMarieSpeaks.com. It's all there. My Instagram, my Facebook, Um, as well as where you can find my book. Awesome. And I'll make sure I link to that on today's show notes as well. Awesome. Well, 
Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited that you are on the podcast. Jenny, I uh, it was just a pleasure. I am just so delighted and giddy that you even asked me. I was just like, wow, this is cool. So thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm hoping that everything I said made sense. That's what I'm thinking now. <laughs> See, there goes that anxiety, right? Yeah, you were awesome. It was a joy. <laughs> Thanks again, Yvonne, for being on today's podcast episode. I so enjoyed connecting with you. You had so much wisdom to share, and you really encouraged me personally. Friends, if you want to learn more about her, go out and get her book, Kill the Busy, Save the Bee, or you can follow her on social media. She always has great things to share. Well, I want to encourage you, friends, that if you like this podcast episode or you know someone who would be encouraged by it, please go out, subscribe, and share. You can also help this podcast by going out and giving it a great review on your favorite podcasting app. Good reviews make it easier for new listeners to find this podcast. And of course, my favorite way is by word of mouth. There's nothing better than that. I look forward to an incredible season with all of you. So you can meet me back here every other Tuesday for a new episode. Well, that's all for today's podcast episode. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. The podcast. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus. Jesus.